The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Uh, now, as you will have heard uh, covered on the station right throughout the day, new census uh, uh, data released in Northern Ireland uh, today. Protestants no longer a majority overtaken by Catholics in terms of round numbers for the first time in the 101 year history of the state. Barry White, our own chief reporter, has been pouring through the details of the census and he's with me now. Barry, what can you tell us? Hi, Kieran. Good afternoon. So, 46% of people in Northern Ireland now identify as Catholic. That's an increase of 1% in 10 years, while 43.5% of people in Northern Ireland identify as Protestant. Uh, The most striking thing here with this figure is that there has been a 10% drop in the Protestant population in Northern Ireland in 20 years, uh, while 9% of people in the North identify as non-religious or other um, so the non-religious figure was actually 5% in 2011 so in 10 years that's grown by 4% um, this is hugely significant because as you said there for the first time in Northern Ireland's 101 year history Catholics outnumber Protestants now Kieran, I saw some people commenting today on how it's depressing that we are having a sectarian head count in 2022 and I somewhat agree we shouldn't be having a sectarian head count However, these census results are historic because when Northern Ireland was created in 1921, it was designed to have an inbuilt unionist majority and it was always meant to remain that way. In fact, in April 1934, former Northern Ireland Prime Minister and also unionist leader James Craig described Stormont as a Protestant parliament for a Protestant state. So this day was never meant to happen today. Although this doesn't necessarily mean that a border poll would pass or even happen. Not all Catholics would vote for United Ireland. And not all Protestants would vote to remain part of the UK. All right. Well, listen, uh, Barry, thanks a million for, for going through the detail for us. Gregory Campbell is with us as well, the DUP MP. Uh, Gregory, you're very welcome to the show. What is your analysis of uh, today's census data? Well, I think it's uh, it's very much as uh, quite a few people predicted. That it's a similar trend to the 2011 census and even going back to the 2001 census. So it's not surprising. I can see why some people are are getting uh, overly excited about it. But nobody in, in 2022, nobody should extrapolate the numbers of people who profess whatever religious background they are and then extrapolate that into political intention when it comes to vote. And we can see that as uh, when we look at the election results in the last 20 years during the times when those census showed that there were more Catholics in Northern Ireland, they were progressively getting to be more mm. Catholics. And at the same time, parties that advocated the United Ireland weren't getting as many votes. They were actually getting slightly fewer votes when there were more Catholics uh, being born and coming into voting age. But there, So it doesn't correlate exactly, but it does correspond to a degree. Is it not indicative of the way society is going? Well, what it, what it shows is, is and it's not, particularly exclusive to Northern Ireland. I mean, you've had it in the Republic and other countries have had it. We are becoming a more diverse country. You know, uh, I noticed your correspondent there did say that uh, Northern Ireland's first Prime Minister way back 80 years ago did talk about a Protestant parliament for Protestant people. But I think it was de Valera who talked about a Catholic country for Catholic people. Uh, and and that's no longer the case either in, in the Republic. And many other countries are facing the same changes with inward migration and, and people being becoming more mobile. Uh, populations are changing. Northern Ireland's no different. But as I say, we have to go to the political intentions of people rather than any religious background. And the ironic thing about this, um, the, the census result, 
is that as there has become more evidence of a greater number of Catholics in Northern Ireland, the election results show that the more diverse we are with more Catholics and more others, the more people want to stay within the United Kingdom because they're not voting for parties who want to leave. So, I mean, is is the story then here, Gregory, of, of a new identity, not necessarily new, but of a growing identity in Northern Ireland that, I suppose, isn't necessarily exclusively tied to a sense of Irishness or Britishness, but something in between, a Northern I, Irish I identity? I, I think there's an element of that. Uh, and I think if we can take what some people may call the sharp edge of either religious or political denominationalism and people saying this is, you know, this is what I believe, this is what I am, this is my sense of of culture, of history, of background, of of, uh, religious denomination. If that's reduced and people are looking onto the more day-to-day issues, for example, if you you were to take a sample of a thousand people and said, look, we've seen the census, we've seen the outlook of what, what people, what their background is, what are your views tomorrow morning when this is all died down? My guess is that 70 or 80% of them would say, all well and good, but when am I getting my appointment with my doctor? When am I getting my road fixed? When am I getting the school sorted out that my children go to? Rather than you know, pontificating about what may or may not happen in 20 or 50 or 100 years' mm. time. The, you can see, though, how some would look at this, can't you, Gregor? And, and they'd suggest that... It, it it might precipitate some crisis of conscience for, well, say, for DUP voters, I'm thinking of. And if we go back to the James Craig and the Protestant Parliament for a Protestant people, I mean, once that Parliament gets up and running again, Michelle O'Neill of Sinn Féin is going to be First Minister and there's now a Protestant minority. I mean, it it is a huge change. Yes, but uh, I've been saying now for about five or six years, what what we have in Northern Ireland now is a a tale of three minorities. We do have a Protestant minority and we have a Catholic minority and we have a minority of people who don't designate as either of those two uh, denominations. So we, we have to devise and get to work a system in Northern Ireland and we had the bones of it over the past 15 to 20 years, but we've got to improve that so that people can see Whatever their outlook, whatever their background and baggage and sense of, of belonging to whatever identity they, they cherish and hold dear, that there is a future for them and for their children in Northern Ireland. That's what we have to do. And that's what most people, I think, would say, well, that seems to be a sensible idea rather than getting fixated on what uh, you know may or may not happen and extrapolating a religious question into a political outcome and i mean if if that if people accept that that analysis of the kind of the three minorities i mean what what it suggests is that there's less wriggle room or less uh, scope within the system i suppose for 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 one identity to to triumph over others does that then in and of itself suggest that we need to move beyond the power-sharing agreements and the vetoes that currently exist and, I guess, get a normal functioning parliament up and running that exists elsewhere? Well, certainly the first part of of your question is right, Uh, and and I agree with that. If we have three minorities, and we do, the facts are there, however way you wish to analyse and and, and guess about them, but they are there. But if, if that's the case then we do have to say, well, then let, let's ensure that we recognise that reality 
formulate whatever political uh, system we have to to unfold to take account of those minorities and to ensure that government works for people irrespective of their outcome. And my guess is that most people would buy into that. Mm. They, they wouldn't want to abandon their own long-term objective and no one's asking them to do that. No. But, but we can't allow, allow long-term objectives to stymie progress. But, but should, Storm, should Stormont function as other parliaments do in the future? Is that Would that be a change that you would welcome? that you would just allow parties to coalesce and to come together and form coalitions, majority coalitions, and govern the country. Because if you you don't have those majorities anymore, then the danger no longer exists that you just get a DUP government for the entire nation or a Sinn Féin government just for the entire nation. You will have to have some sort of coalition. Yes, and I think if we were able to formulate that in a way that didn't then uh, allow for, for some sort of formulation of government that isolated a significant element, be they a, a nationalist minority or a unionist minority, that left them isolated and estranged from the system. I think if we could do that, now that, that's where your checks and balances come in. And uh, I think if we could do that, I think most people would welcome it. We've got to try and normalise politics so that people see it's no it's no longer about religious headcounts and hasn't been for some years. All right. Listen, Gregory, thanks a million for taking the time to speak to us. Gregory okay. Campbell is a DUP MP. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy. With Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.